0: This podcast is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management Award-winning wealth managers who go above and beyond to support and guide you Visit CanDoWealth.com to start building your wealth with confidence
1: Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast I'm Katie Balls and I'm joined by James Forsyth And that is a siren because we're on the roof of Parliament again
0: Not a siren coming to arrest us, I should say.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, James, so last night we had the BBC debates and we did a podcast at the time um, looking at what it ultimately meant. Since then, James, we've had a YouGov poll of the Tory membership and it puts Liz Truss out on top. It's beginning to look as though the momentum is very much behind Liz Truss, to the point it could be tricky for Rishi Suno to claw back. Is that fair?
0: I think Liz Truss is undoubtedly the the favourite at the moment. You look at the bookies' odds, I think, where where is it? It's a north of a 70... uh, uh, The last time Michael Simmons tweeted about this morning, I think it's north of a 70%. Chance in terms of, of where the money is, thinking that she'll get it. There, there is another debate tonight on um, Talk TV that, that, that you're off to, but but I, I don't think anyone expects that to pull the same audience as a primetime debate on BBC One. And so the challenge, I suppose, is kind of what, you know, I've known Rishi for a long time, but what, what can the Rishi Sunak camp do between now and ballot papers starting to go out next Monday? that begins to change the conversation. That, that, that is the, the challenge for them. And so there's this Talk TV debate tonight. There is, I think, the first Tory hustings, which will be streamed out on Thursday. But, you know, obviously, in this campaign, if previous predictions about how early people vote are borne out, there is not very long left.
1: And in terms of what we can expect, I suppose, with this debate tonight, As you say, it doesn't have the prime-time audience in the sense that the BBC does in terms of audience share, but it can still have influence, um, so to speak, can't it, James? Because, A, all journalists will be watching it will still have its own audience, but it's going to be going on different streams and, effectively, if one of the candidates slips up, you can expect that clip to play and play.
0: Yeah, and uh, it is going to be one of those debates that that if there is a moment that that may well be kind of become kind of injected into the news cycle rather than, than the kind of dominant kind of all-singing, all-dancing kind of BBC theme that you had yesterday. I think also what you are seeing as well at the moment is an interesting question, which is the big focus of this debate, which, is, which I think in some ways says that both candidates have engaged on has been the economy and the timing of tax cuts. Should tax cuts take place immediately or should they wait uh, uh, until um, inflation has started to come down? I think when you look at the number of other issues that are rising up that you know i think that you you are going to see more of a focus on those you know for example you know the nhs and the stress on the ambulance service the news today that the russians are once again cutting the supplies going through Nord Stream one the gas pipeline that takes gas into germany to send natural gas prices in europe spiking Again, You know, the news of how close London came to having a blackout last week and, and the huge price that had to be paid to a Belgian power plant to, to avoid that. So I think there is a question about whether the debate moves on to some of those other topics in coming days. And then I think there is also uh, the, the other question, which is, do we see any sign of the two candidates kind of dining it back. I don't think we are at the moment. I mean, Liz Truss was saying today that, that continuing on the same, you know, on the, the Rishi Sunak economic course would be a disaster for, correct me when I go wrong, should we say homeowners, business and workers, which left you wondering who she didn't think it would be a disaster for. So uh, I think we wait We wait to see whether, whether there is any of that. And also I think the other question, I suppose, is where things end up landing with Boris Johnson, who still is this huge figure at the Tory feast, if you suspect it, which is the uh, the story yesterday about how Peter Crudders, the the Tory donor who Boris Johnson ennobled, who's organising this petition, essentially thinks that Boris Johnson encouraged him to keep going and trying to get more names on that.
1: But James, should we actually take that seriously in the sense that... Lots of people getting quite excited about this petition. We know that it's being pushed quite hard. The number of people signing it has gone up, but yet yeah, we're not really anywhere near fifty no, percent no. of the membership. And, uh, and also MPs, I mean, there are clearly a small group in Parliament who feel very badly that Boris Johnson left, but many of them are his core base who are always going to think that. So, uh, is there a chance that we're that we can almost get a little bit swept up in this minute? Right now, at least, it does not seem like a serious prospect.
0: I don't think it is a serious prospect. I think mean, some of those close to Boris Johnson suggest that, you know, that, that he wasn't meaning to encourage this petition. And also just constitutionally, you know, the leader of a Tory, Tory parliamentary party needs to be able to command the confidence of his MPs. Ultimately, the reason Boris Johnson resigned... Well, well, it was twofold, I think. One was it was becoming increasingly difficult for him to staff a government. And the second problem was it was becoming increasingly clear that the 1922 committee was getting ready to change the rules. And I think not many people thought that he was going to win that confidence vote. But I think where it is a point is the new Prime Minister will face a huge number of challenges. And it won't be made any easier if there is a kind of body of opinion that that thinks, why, why did you get rid of the last guy?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's quite clear by this point, whoever wins this contest, even if Rishi Sunak came in, perhaps even more so if it's Rishi Sunak, they're going to face a disunited party. Liz Truss only has a third of MPs supporting her. Of course, more may go to if she wins the contest. But ultimately, tricky decisions are going to be hard when you don't have your own personal mandate. The party's divided. And if Rishi Sunak wins particularly, there'll be that venom from that group you're talking about, which is the, you know, affected the view that Boris Johnson should have been allowed to stay and no one should, can or, or really should live up to him. Interestingly, on the economy, James, there's been a warning from the IMF today. It's cut the global growth forecast and warned on UK inflation. Do you think this will have any impact when we're looking at the arguments coming from this trust and Rishi Sunak? Because Rishi Sunak... His central argument is about inflation. I think it's fair to say it's not lighting the Tory membership up in enthusiasm because it's a very serious argument. It's it's not particularly inspiring. If anything, he's trying to say what the party needs, not necessarily what it wants to hear. Um, But will things like this focus minds?
0: I think it's interesting. I think mean, mean, the two camps will take what, what they will from it. As you said, the Russian camp will take inflation, the trust camp will say, well, look how low this growth rate is. That, that's the problem. So I don't think that will dramatically change the nature of, of the debate. I think mean, both sides will take what they want from it, if you sort of mean, as, as is the way of campaigns. I think the in, interesting question here as well is, if you look at this situation that you, you think that Tory MPs were quite insistent that this leadership contest had to happen over August because the public would think it was indulgent if the Tories were still electing a new leader in September. And and that has compressed the timetable. And I think some people who back Kemi Badenoch, for example, would say, well, look, look at the amount of enthusiasm she engendered in a short time. If you'd had a longer process, maybe that would have filtered through more clearly from the membership to the MPs and that would have changed it. But I think where that judgment that the contest had to be short is being vindicated is the challenges that are facing the new Prime Minister whoever they may be are looking kind of even more dramatic now than they were on the day that Boris Johnson resigned.
1: And just finally James we've been talking obviously with the narrative that Liz Truss is far in front at the moment but of course things can change um, even if the ballots go out soon. Do we have any sense of how accurate Tory membership polling is? Because I think that's one of the things that makes it quite hard to work out what exactly is going on.
0: I think it is hard and difficult to do. It's particularly hard and difficult to do because no-one actually knows how many members the Tory party has. It's only
1: what they choose to put out
0: I think that the YouGov poll is generally regarded as having a relatively decent record. But I also think that, you know, the few pollsters would light up with delight when told that they were having to poll Tory members because it is is an inherently difficult group to poll. And I mean, there is also an interesting question here, which is some people will say, well, hang on a second, the Tory membership has swung in terms of, you know, the new people who've joined, like lots of people... So, you know, this is an argument made by the the, the Tory peer, Lord Hayward, who's a bit of an expert on voting. He says, well, hang on a second, this membership is is in flux because various people left because they perhaps didn't like Boris Johnson or whatever, and various other people joined because of that. So the membership may be in a different political place than it was even at the time of the last contest.
1: Thank you, James, and thank you for listening. A Spectator subscription is now better value than ever before. As a new subscriber joining today, you'll pay just £1 a week for unlimited online and app access in your first year. To subscribe today, go to spectator.co.uk forward slash unlimited.